Hello and welcome to episode 138 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is April 1st, 2019. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is Slappy Jones 2 and we are both from McFlugel.com. The show notes page for this episode is McFlugel.com slash 138 where you can find things to talk, that we talk about as well as uh, checking out our sponsor, LibertyMugs.com. It sounds like uh, Slappy is chomping at the bit to to say something or utter noises, so I'm going to hand it over to him and, and let him do his thing. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rallo. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, today we're going to talk about an article that was, I think, published. Uh, okay, it was over the weekend in the guardian um about police releasing the body cam video of willie mccoy as he was killed by uh police officers um so the gist of the story was the guy fell asleep uh passed out in the drive-thru at a taco bell taco bell worker calls 911 says this guy's not responding to car horns he's passed out you know, can you come over here? You know, we tried to knock on his window. He's not getting up. So long story short, the cops come and kill him. Um, we'll link to this article so you can see it if you haven't heard already. But uh, Rallo, do you want to give a little more detail on that? Sure. So, yeah, we'll have the article in, in the show notes as well as the, the fuller video. Um. But they so the main video is uh, the one officer's uh, body cam as he's got his gun drawn, uh, shining a flashlight in the car, and they're talking about you know the guy's asleep, Willie McCoy's asleep, and uh, they notice that he's got a gun on his lap, and so they're trying to figure out ways to uh, secure the gun and kind of make the situation safer by making sure that he doesn't, you know, shoot back or something. So they try to open the door, but the car is locked. And uh, as they are moving police cars into position, one in front of uh, McCoy's car and one behind to kind of block him in, he starts to wake up. You can see him scratch his shoulder and then lean forward. And at that point, the cops start yelling at him, show me your hand or hands up, hands up, hands up. And then they just, uh, then they just fire and there's six of them. And I don't know how many shots were fired, but 25 bullets hit McCoy, hit McCoy face, face. Chest, yeah, neck, throat, ear, yeah. arms. Um, there's a, there's family's attorneys basically said he was shot to pieces. Um, so after that, they, they stopped firing and they, they shout, uh, you know, hands where I can see them, hands where I can see them. And then eventually, I guess they uh, decide that he's no longer a threat and they pull him out. Apparently he tried to resuscitate him or, or not resuscitate, but but try to save his life. And they are unable to do so. And so he dies. And so after this had been, I forget when this exactly happened, or I'm not sure when it when it happened, but it's not. It was relatively recently, I believe. Oh, it was just June. It was in February. February this year. February 10th. Like last yeah. month. Right. Um, 
And so the family had been had been asking for the the video to be released, and and the p- police finally released it. And then in their video, they they seem very very confident that uh, they were in the right, that they did everything that they should have done and could have done, um, despite the family saying that it was a you know basically an execution. As I sorry, I'm fighting with Grum, who's trying to get on the desk. So one of the things that I uh, I was thinking about this was that I mean this is terror. First of all, I disagree when the police come out with stuff like this and say that no, I mean it wasn't not that they're saying it was a good outcome, but they're saying it was the only possible outcome. Right. Like this is like this we isn't had ab- to do this. Yeah, this is an absolute horrible absolutely horrible outcome to have you have someone die someone who you know by all accounts was an an innocent person and whenever you have like any any other line of work when someone gets seriously hurt or injured you don't consider that anything but a, a, a pretty terrible event um and one that you should review really have to review and say okay what went wrong uh what can we do better what can we do better next time to make sure something like this happens? I don't, I don't, at least from everything I've seen now, they may do stuff internally, stuff that they don't like to, uh, you know, make, make public, but you know, I'm, I'm well, not, I'm not several, very convinced. There's a few cops who were involved in this, who had shot people in the past, I believe. Right. Which doesn't mean that, that, that ever just because, you know, I know there's justified shootings, um, right. but there is a trend here with a lot of these videos. Right. And so, but the, but the thing is about it, they're so confident with it. Like you can go through and you, it it looks like that, you know, the the police were, were doing what they're doing and their conversations, they had it all, you know, it wasn't like they were, they were confused about what they were doing throughout any of the process. It wasn't like there was a, they weren't all on the same page. And so this kind of struck me and not that I, that I never noticed this before or not that other people were not aware of this, but it really made it hit home more for me was how much they're just trained to act this way. That once they're, once they get the call to go, uh, to do something, they turn into, uh, to robots and their training kicks in and training is a very good thing. And especially in situations that can, that can be uh, lethal and, and cause injury to people. I mean, you de- training is definitely a very important thing, but not all training is equal. Um, and I would argue that the, the way that police trained are handling uh, handling this stuff is, is, is not good. And we could say that they're very well trained in in what they're trained to do, but the procedures and the stuff they do are you right, know, I mean, it results in outcomes like this. And I can I I mean I can go I want to go in a little more detail about about this and maybe start from from the end of it, because that's what the the end was is what really made me kind of think about this. Were you gonna jump in with something? No, I was I was just gonna say if you know, if cops are supposedly protecting people or keeping people safe or 
carrying out the will of the people or whatever they say they do, whenever someone dies, even if it's a justified homicide, like, and, and we don't know what they do behind the scenes. So maybe when they go to police academy or they go back to training, they talk about this. Um, you know, I, I, from a sports perspective, I know when coaches go out to the media, they do not say anything that they say in the locker room. Everything you hear in a press conference is total BS from a, from a coach. Um, and in the locker room, they, you know, talk about what they need to do. And maybe it's similar with the police department. I'm not a police officer. I don't know what it's like. So maybe they go out and put on a front, which has problems being that they're supposedly working for the public. But, um, Whenever someone dies, the response shouldn't be, we were right. Like, that's the worst possible scenario. Right. So e even if there was, like, say the guy picked up the gun and pointed it, you got to go back to the table and think, like, how could we have done this better? How could we have avoided this? Right. Um, I, I mean, I can give a little bit of insight about the, the press conference type stuff because I work in a place where there's there's stuff that happens. Sometimes we have to make statements to the public about what's going on. Maybe something went wrong or something. And, you know, the, the, the surrounding community kind of <laughs> we owe it to them to let them know what happened. And we obviously don't tell them everything. We keep as much information uh out of out of the public view as we can for for a lot of reasons but we don't lie about it like what we say is true you know we're not we're, and we're not trying to mislead thing mislead anyone with it we're truthful about what we say we but we don't say everything so um and like you said you combine you combine that with uh you know since they do get paid through uh, tax dollars and you know, the people paying them kind of, kind of owe it. You kind of owe it to them. Like likewise that our shareholders, when something wrong happens, we don't give them the same information that we give to the, with the, to the press for a press release. I mean, the people that are paying us, they get all the information that they need. So, uh, I mean, that just goes to show you right there that they're, that they wouldn't be forthright um, or wouldn't come out with, with everything is uh, that's problematic. But to go back to the, the training and why I don't think it's good is after they shot. So they shot him. I don't know how many bolts they fired, but there are six cops. And according to this article, he was hit 25 times. So, and this was point blank range. I mean, they were right. They were what? Four to six feet away. Uh, if that, yeah, I mean, and, it looks like he's right up on the window. Right. And so they, you know, you have to know that you got him. Um, so after they, sh after they, they stopped shooting, one of the, the officers was yelling, you know, let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. And yeah, don't take this the wrong way. Either way with what I'm saying is that after it makes sense that after you, you know, maybe shoot someone or fire a shot, uh, you want the other person to surrender and it's not a guarantee that the person's going to be dead or so, so injured or incapacitated that he can't, you know, retaliate with whatever weapon he has. Um, 
So it's not it's not so much in this case, although I, I mean, I don't know. I say that but at the same time. You just had six guys unload on this guy point blank. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you would expect other than to find a, a you know just mangled remains. <laughs> yeah, I mean of a body. But you know, whatever. Let's I'll well, give you talk the- about their training kicking in and reacting and doing things. And part of that is they have to make their case to prosecutors or grand juries that they did everything they were trained to do. Exactly. Yeah. So they and, have to check all the boxes and go through it. But this but but this watching this video and hearing him after they shot him say, Let me see your hands, let me see your hands, reminded me of other times and other other things you've seen where the police either either really injure or kill someone. Um, where they'll like literally shoot someone in the head and the guy's just like face down on the ground, obviously dead. And they handcuff them. Yeah. Or they do, you know, they do this stuff. And it's like, what normal human would react that way to be like, you know, you, you, you probably have a pretty clear cut idea that, uh, I don't think this guy's going to be getting up, but you got to go over and, and handcuff him or someone's, uh, didn't they do that to Eric Garner after he's like, if they choked him. Yeah, yeah. He's choked out. You know, he's obviously in, in not good, shape because i think at that point they're trying to get get him some medical help or something and and you're still handcuffing them like well the other yeah and it's because you know why it's because they'll say and this ties into the to to the training the meeting it's because well he's he's a threat to us well that's what they say here and of course whenever whenever i've never now if anyone out there because i know there's people out there who follow the police a lot closer than we do if you ever find one time where they kill someone and they didn't say they feared for their lives, please let me know. Right. Um, because in this in this uh, article, the Guardian links to um, something the police department in Vallejo, California. Uh, they said they repeatedly claimed six officers fired out of fear for their own safety, and the guard. The article goes on to say the footage, however, shows some of them talking somewhat calmly for nearly five minutes before they opened fire. I mean, they clearly just weren't in, they weren't in danger. They're all surrounding the car. They were all very close to the car. Um, if there was a bomb on the car, they would not have been that close. They would have gotten away and had someone who knows how to handle a bomb situation come in and take care of it. Um, you know, if they were afraid for their life, they certainly didn't look like it. They were very calmly talking. They tried the, the door handle. Um, Guy told him he was going to shoot if he reaches for the gun, which could mean his arm moved. We don't know. Um, they also mentioned that the magazine was not in the gun, so at most he had one shot. Um, doesn't I mean if you're you're you know your magazine's not even in, it doesn't seem like you're ready to um, kill people. You would probably put that in there. Yeah, uh, and I'm also like I, I don't know to get. If a guy reaches for a gun, yeah, um, I would say it's a threat, but it just seems like this situation could have gone so much differently. Yeah, I mean, let's let's make the point too that I, you know, why why did he have a gun on his lap? I have no idea. Um, probably don't want to, and I don't know what caused him to pass out, but probably don't want to just be driving around with a gun on your lap if you're going to be past like just the situation i'm saying is that he wasn't in a good situation uh that he probably put himself in 
Um, but but who at, knows? Who knows? Right. We don't. Right. Know. Well, I'm just giving just give the police the benefit of the doubt and say that this guy put himself in a stupid position. And put it this way: if it was any, if that was one of the six officers, um, nephew or brother or uncle or cousin or whatever in the car, would they have handled it the same way? Right. Yeah, because if my brother points a gun at me and my fear for my life, I'll defend myself. Yeah. Sorry, Grum is just trying to be the uh, to the show here. Um, but yeah, that doesn't uh, having a gun on your lap, passed out in a car, should yeah. not should not be a death sentence. I mean, the fact that you're passed out kind of almost makes you not a threat. Yeah. Do you ever wake up from being passed out and like? jump up and ready to fight someone. <laughs> I mean, it's usually, yeah. I don't know. But that's the other part of this, this training that, that they, that you see all the time that I don't like is that whenever they have any sort of interaction with anybody, it's always that they treat them as a threat. They treat them as, uh, you know, you might be hurting me and, uh, I'm ready to, uh, to, to do whatever I have to do to, to protect myself. You Make know, you sure see them get home safe. Every at, officer at, gets home at a, safe. At a traffic stop or, or any sort of stop, you see the cop, he's got his, his hand over his gun as he walks up to the car. And it's like, man, you're in a mindset of this person that on the other side of this is probably there to hurt me. So, I mean, if, if that's what your mindset is, how do you not expect these interactions to turn to turn south like this? Yeah. And, and if, you know, if reaching for a gun is cause to kill someone, I mean, they reach for their gun every time they walk up to a car. Right. And we're, I mean, we don't even know if, <laughs> if, if McCoy had actually reached for his gun. And we have no idea. You couldn't see it. You could, you know, it's, it's tough to see in the window of, of the car through the video. But your point is made in that they're waiting for it. They're looking for it. They're constantly. And of course, on you know, what they would probably say is, yeah, you have to be because all it takes is once. Right. But that automatically um, or implicitly, how do you say it? Like lessens the lives of the people they're apparently protecting to theirs. Because they kill someone and it's like, well, we had to. But right. one of them gets killed and it's like, well, now we have to fire at anyone who looks at us funny because we don't want that to happen again. Right. If you're a uh, if you're an average citizen and you see you see a police officer pointing his gun at someone. I mean. Why can't you say, well, I, I don't I know, defending that, that guy. Right. Because if a police walked by and saw someone pointing a gun at someone else, they would they would pull the gun out on him. But so, yeah, you're right. It's a. uh and, and and that's not i'm not saying that that they should like that right. that should be the but we're just pointing out the the standard the difference the double standard right um right. of course we're obvious i mean i don't even i even hate to do this disclaimer but we're we're non-aggression people yeah so and and it goes further because we see we see stuff like this happen a lot. I think I've said we see this happen a lot, like fifteen thousand times so far this episode, because it is true. There's cases where the police get called because there's someone with a mental condition that needs help, and someone calls nine one one, and they send the police, and the police don't know how to handle it well, so the person starts acting aggressive and they pull the guns out and they kill them. 
this is probably another example where the police were not the correct people to handle this situation, or they just did the way that they're trained to do. And, yeah. and because, because the guy at Taco Bell, what's he going to do? He's going to call 911. I mean, who, right. who else are you going to call? Yeah. So I don't, you know, if, if you were, if you and I came across this scene, we saw a guy passed out in his car, which apparently all these other people did. And I, I don't know, we don't have the information on whether or not the other people knew that he had a gun on his lap, but people were honking their horns at him and tapping on the window. Yeah. He said, knocking on the window, to, trying to wake him up. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Let's, the guy's got a gun, the police show up, the guy's got a gun on his lap. And he's passed out, not, not, uh, not responsive, and everything. So, what they did in the beginning, I think, is is reasonable to try to open the door and grab the gun. Yeah, they were talking about this, and the guys, guys said that I'm going to open the door, I'm going to grab the gun. Right, because it is true that you don't know what he you don't could know who do. He is. You there's don't know a, who he is. Yeah, there's a chance he could he could pop up and 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 start firing or something. So. I think that's reasonable because I also think it would be reasonable if an if you and I and four of our friends came across this and and we decided to do that. Yeah, we saw that situation and we said, "All right, we got to get this guy to move, but let's get that gun out of there. I'll do it real quick, you know." And yeah, and and once we can establish that, you know, he's just whatever happened, you, you know, he gets his gun back or whatever. Yeah. Um when that doesn't work because the car the door was locked. I don't understand why they would be standing over him still because it, it presents the opportunity for him to wake up, be disoriented because it's at night, it's dark out. And then you see a bunch of, a bunch of guys pointing guns at you. That's not a great thing to wake up to. And then he starts waking up and they start screaming at him. And that's the other thing we see the, remember the, um, the guy that got shot in the hotel. Of course. Yeah. While he was on the, yeah, it was it was crawling on the ground, and the cops are have rifles pointed at him, and they're screaming at him what to do. Like, you don't think that that's going to cause a lot of like consternation to the guy that's that they're they're barking orders to. And how often? I mean, we see it. All, we see these videos all the time. They're they're never trying to calmly give orders. It's barking, screaming. I guess they're trying to establish uh, dominance or something, but. But we've seen countless times what happens if, like, the guy who got killed in the hotel room wasn't armed at all. No. Um, he did pull, try to pull his pants up, so they said he reached for his waist, and therefore we had to kill him. Right. Um, so if you're under that kind of pressure, the guy didn't do anything. Um, yeah. Very nervous, very scared. He was almost crying, I believe, wasn't he? Yeah, because he didn't know what to do. They were barking orders. I mean, he was trying to do it, and they and kept if you saying he was doing it wrong. you're dead. Yeah, so how do you expect people to react going forward? Even if, like, what do they love to say? Well, it's the one bad apple or the bad, they're all apples and there's a lot of good apples and bad and there's some bad apples in the bad. Well, I don't want to get the bad apple. Right. Like, how do, how, can you tell me which apples are which? Yeah. Well, well it's funny. They said, because uh, all say, the apples get set free, whether they're good or bad, they yep. don't lose their job. So, well, do you know what's funny too is that uh, they don't they use that that saying, but they don't ever follow through with it with of what course. the saying is. Because you know what the saying is: it's one it bad apple, the rest of them ruins yeah. the bunch. Yeah. So yeah. that may not be the greatest uh, greatest saying to use. It's just one bad apple. Well, yeah. Guess what? One bad apple does. Yeah. 
It's and so why, how much why, it shows are midwits. Why should anyone trust the police? That's a good question. But and and right? I know, yeah. Well, I I know that uh, people people might say, oh, you guys are just kind of yeah, armchair quarterbacking. Crazy. You're, you're sitting on the couch telling me how to do my job. But I mean, I'm also the consumer. Yeah, but but at the same time, I don't understand how it's reasonable that all right, you try to open the door and grab the gun, that doesn't work. Why Next don't you retreat? Like right? Why don't you all you know fall back, get some cover? I'm fine with them. You know, there's a gun in there, so they're like we said before. There's there's a slight chance. There's a chance. Know. There's a gun involved. I don't. Involved. Wanna, I don't want to. I don't want to get quantify, but so we'll just say there's a chance that he could shoot them. Right. Now, remember, and, it's it's one, it's one gun with six cops. So you one know, one gun they, with one bullet because the magazine wasn't in. Right. So, but okay, fine. But I don't want to be this. still even in that situation. If it's a, I don't want a one in six shot of getting uh, one in six chance of getting shot. Right. Like, well, I'm not going I mean, in, yeah, that's a, uh, that's I, what I'm saying. Fall back I'm and take, give them the benefit of the doubt here, right? And get and get cover. Yes, exactly. Um, I mean, that just seems logical. And then you do something like throw, I don't know, throw a rock at the window. And if you miss miss the window or crack the window or Dennis car, then you say like, look, sorry, but you're the one with the gun on your lap and you're passed out in a drive through. So, yeah, if they broke the window, I think that's could be reasonable mm -hmm. if they couldn't wake him up. Right. Because, uh, Ed, because maybe they break the window and he and he needs, you know, he really needs medical attention. And so I think that's reasonable to 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 damage his car a little bit to save his life. If that, if that's one, the case. Yeah, that is one, one issue too. I mean, he is stopped in the drive-thru. They're trying, people are stuck in the drive-thru because no one's backing, you know, and they want to get food. A business wants to continue. Like you got to move the car. So right. we got to get this car out of the drive-thru. Uh, he's obviously not responding to anything. He's got a gun on his lap. I just think the worst possible way to handle it, pretty much the worst. I can't imagine a worse possible way unless they shot other people too. But I mean, yeah. And, and what we were saying before we went on is we don't know why the gun was on his lap. We have no idea. For all I know, he had been threatened, like his life has been threatened and someone's after him. And so he was prepared if someone came up. If that's the situation and you hear loud noises, maybe you grab the gun and get ready to shoot. I, I say this not knowing anything. There's not even any evidence or no one even mentioned this, that this could happen, could have been the case. Um, so I understand the, the cops being concerned, but there's just got to be a better way to do it than killing the guy. Right, because even even if you do, you're a private, private person and something happens and you end up, it's a... It's a case of uh, uh, what's it called? You end up being wrong. You, you guess wrong. You end up killing someone, and and they weren't doing anything wrong. I mean, that's you're liable for that. You carry some liability for that. So, the fact that the like, the police just kind of washed their hands of it. It's like you know they they kill someone and they say, oh oh well. I mean, it wasn't our fault. Well, yeah. Now there could be a civil suit, and which they do go through sometimes where mm -hmm. they end up paying money to the family. Um, well, the taxpayers do. Well, yeah. Um, but it's, yeah. Yeah. That's true. But it's not like, I don't know. 
actually don't know how they get their money and how they pay it. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, 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 really broken system. I mean, there's each each point we talked about there. You could have a discussion for, for yeah. hours on each one. Yes, absolutely. And I can see, and I can see if we had a police officer who wanted to come on and defend what they did. I'm sure they have their reasons why, and they can point to in 1983, a guy knocked on a car window, and then the cop died because he shot him. Um. And so now we have to take these things serious. And but again, it values the cop's life more than the person they're apparently serving. Like there's just got to be a better way to do it. Right. And and we're talking about how, you know, yeah, maybe maybe having a gun on your lap and passing out in a drive through isn't isn't the greatest thing to do. But at the same time, like we're saying. Screaming at someone as as they're waking up is it also wasn't the greatest idea. <laughs> so yeah. like the fact that they ended up causing this guy to, to maybe, uh, you know, reach for, look like he's reaching for his gun. Why can't that, why is it out of the realm of possibility that that's their fault? Like why, why is there, it's, it's always, well, you, the person that got, uh, that got hurt or killed, they're the ones that made all the mistakes. They're the ones that put themselves in these situations. Nothing that the police ever do uh, is they're ever accountable for. Yeah. Well, we. I mean, and we're oh, really man. giving them the benefit because we. I, I think I believe that it doesn't matter really what a cop does; they almost never get called out for it. Um, right. In Philly, it was a couple years ago. They had all those narcotics cops who got caught planting evidence. There was like six of them. They went to trial and they were all acquitted, of course. But um, oh, that was a big story a couple of years ago. Is that and when they were going through like the bodegas or something? A problem. Like, yes, they were knocking out, yeah. knocking out the cameras. Yep, and they were planting drugs on people all the time. It was something like a couple hundred cases got thrown out because of these cops, and um, you know, no liability, no repercussions at all. I believe they're. I, I don't know this, but I believe they're all still employed by Philly PD. Um. So there's just and and these guys like any cop who <laughs> any good apple would look at that and say they're the bad apples but guess what the bad apples had no repercussions. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh I mean this kind of ties into we've had some recent episodes about how the, the free market would handle this and it just goes to show because I'm uh, talking with some people about this story and you know they're frustrated and we're all frustrated about like okay what are the solutions for this and man it's there's no solution with this current system with the police the way they are it's it needs to well, be it, this is from this guardian article i think this sums it up pretty well about how people feel um and it's kind of like hopelessness it says mark mccoy willie's older brother told the guardian on friday that he was glad the public would finally see the video, but was not confident it would lead to justice. Quote, there's a thousand videos on YouTube that show police misconduct, whether it's beating of citizens or killing them, said Mark, 50. It gets dismissed. The Vallejo police saw the video. They don't think there's anything wrong with it or that the officers did anything criminal. I mean, that sums it up. Like, it's kind yeah. of a hopeless feeling. It's like they just do what they want. We know nothing's going to happen. Um. 
and this is all across the country, everywhere. Uh, this happens to be in California, but it could could be anywhere, and people would have the same reaction. Like, well, they saw it. They didn't think they did anything wrong. What am I going to do? There's nothing we can do. Yeah. Uh, in the free market, there would be something you could do. And that's why it's kind of so interesting with like the minarchists and the conservatives that they like the they hold so tight on the police and the courts and stuff. And it's, I mean, it really, really shows. I mean, I don't know. It's it's obvious to us, but I don't, I don't, I don't mean to say like it should be obvious to everyone. I mean, we're nerds about this kind of stuff, but, but I don't understand. Like, I don't, what would, what do they want them to do? Because obviously, well, I'll pick on the minarchists here. Obviously minarchists would look at this and say, this is terrible. This is, this is awful. But what do they propose to do that, that they could reasonably say, yeah, I think this would fix the problem. I don't know. I, I don't think there's anything. And I know we don't have a minarchist on the other side of, uh, to, to defend uh, it. Yeah. Right. But, you know, if anyone out there has some, has some ideas that aren't just like the same kind of thing that they, that someone would say about how the government can handle healthcare health insurance i mean i i want to hear it but it's basically the same kind of argument for anything else that you're trying to have the government do and and uh kind of shield yourself from the government it's it's just gonna keep doing their thing it's only gonna get worse too i I agree get bigger they're only gonna get more equipment and any i mean we know this whenever a cop does die um it's the biggest story they shut down 10 police departments in the area and they all line the streets for the funeral and they say, we can't let this happen again. And they do something about it and they change their guidelines so that if you reach for your waistband, even if there's no evidence at all that you have a weapon or, or are a threat or are on all fours crying, uh, we'll kill you and it's justified. And there's no way to stop it. We can't do anything. You can vote. You minarchists keep voting. Try to find a guy who's going to change it. Yeah. It's not going to happen. The incentive structure isn't there. It's the way it is, and it's only going to get worse. I agree. Uh, unless we, you know, change that incentive structure and, and make it more yeah. expensive to to behave poorly. So on that note, it's probably in your best interest to be <laughs> now you do you handle anything how you want to do, but you know what you're up against. Like you know, if you see a wild animal, you better know how to behave around a bear or that bear will attack you and kill you. Same with the police. Understand the system, understand how they act, understand what they're going to do and don't do those things because it's not going to end well. Right. Um, be on their good side. Be friendly. It's the whatever world. it is. Yeah. Because, you know, once you cross that that line, you're done. Yep. And no one's going to help you. Nobody's going to care. It's it's the environment we live in, and right. you know it's it's awful, but we have to deal with it while it's here. So, you know, don't provoke them. Don't try to engage them. If you have to engage them, do what you can to get out of that engagement as as quickly and as safely as possible. Yeah, I mean, we see people online on YouTube. They like to film it and they give the cops a hard time, and I think it's great. I think it's great to put it out there. When you know your rights better than the cops do, when you know the law better than the cops do, it's great. But all you need is one. 
You know, if he decides your disorderly conduct or whatever, it's over. So <laughs> if you do those things, be careful. Know what yeah. you're doing. Um, and I would not recommend doing it, but more power to you if you do. They provide me entertainment on YouTube. <laughs> yep. So I don't know. Do you have any uh, anything else? I got nothing this... else. Unless you want to. How long have we been going? I have no idea. All right. Well, I think it's long enough. I think we did a good job. Yeah. Um, do you have a free market story? We didn't talk about this. Yeah, I do. I was thinking about this today. Um, it's pretty neat. Um, I remember back when I was, uh, this was years ago, but back at home when I would, you know, maybe feel sick or something, my mom had this uh, home remedies book. And it was just a collection of things that, you, like, you know, you could look up symptoms and say, like, oh, it might be this. And here's what you should do to treat it. Um, and that was a pretty good book. It was it was helpful. But if there was anything kind of outside of that, uh, that, you, that you were sick or had some sort of con uh, you, something wasn't right with your body, you had to go to the doctor and uh, and spend the time doing that. But now with the internet, there are so many websites and so many resources that if there's something kind of wrong with you, that you can go online and search search what you're doing and probably figure out what what's wrong with you. And there's a lot of resources that you can go and, and something like Reddit and go and ask a question there and, uh, and probably get a pretty reasonable answer. Now, self-diagnosing is, you know, maybe not, you're probably not going to nail it nine, 99% of the time or a hundred percent of the time. But I think with all the resources out there, you could, you could probably get it pretty close a lot of times. Um, at least be in the ballpark. So I think that's pretty neat is that there's that we have basically a lot of the, the knowledge of medicine available at your fingertips instantly for free. Yeah. And only a couple of years ago, that wasn't possible. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can think of things like my, uh, and this is not to do with health, but in the same vein, similar, um, my dishwasher isn't working. So I'm, I got to try to fix it. And I'm going to now. I don't know exactly how to pinpoint the problem, but I can try some things. I can figure out how to take the thing apart and clean it and do all that stuff. Um, and if it doesn't work and I keep trying things, it doesn't work. Maybe I get some help from a professional, but, um, you know, same type deal. Something goes wrong with your body or something goes wrong with your dishwasher. There's all kinds of solutions out there for free. Absolutely. So with that, remember, again, the show notes page is mcflugel.com slash 138. We'll link to the uh, this Guardian article as well as the the longer longer form video of the uh, death of, of Willie McCoy. Uh, also check out libertymugs.com. We've got mugs and shirts that are libertarian themes that you could uh, annoy your friends and family and acquaintances with. And have a lot of fun with that. And we do have one uh, one pretty cool announcement. Uh, this kind of just came together uh, in the last few days. We were kind of keeping it quiet. But we we were given the go-ahead to go ahead and announce it. But we're going to be speaking at the uh, 2020 Libertarian National Convention in Austin, Texas. Not sure. Uh, what which, about? Which... <laughs> What's that? Do we have a topic yet? No, I mean, we've, we've got a year. I know, but yeah, it's nice to know people, isn't it? 
Yeah. Oh, it sure is. So yeah, it's in end end of May. We're not sure which uh, which day that they're going to give us, but uh, you know, we're not going to be on the main main stage or whatever. But yeah, still pretty cool. Absolutely. So uh, hit us up about that, and we uh, we hope to see you there, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Cool. Was there anything else you want to talk about? No. All Did right. you? No, I'm good. All right. Later. Peace. Guess what? April Fool's tractors. <laughs>